Behind all of the hard work, there's the men and women of the craft. My name is Javier Flores, and these are our stories. Welcome to The Dust Life. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm sitting down with my co-workers tonight, Amanda, Tito, and Micah. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? What up? Yo. What's going on? Hey, guys. Amanda here from Charlotte, North Carolina. I have a focus on marketing. What's up, guys? Tito. I miss everyone on the scene. Um, here, checking in with everyone. And who else is in the house? Micah, what's up? What's up, man? Out here in Denver, just uh, literally chilling. There's not much going on out here right now. <laughs> Yeah, Micah's straight chilling right now because we're actually able to see each other through Zoom. Micah's sitting in his garage. <laughs> Amanda's sitting in her living room. Tito, what are you doing? Where are you at? Are you in your dining room? No. So this little room I'm in, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, I turned into a vanity room for my ex-girlfriend. So I had like, you know, a little mirror and a little vanity so she could do her makeup. And it's kind of just turned into, I don't know, man. This is where all the magic happens. What was that noise? Was that your stomach growling? I know. Was that a UFO, dude? Is is, is, is this thing reached its peak? What's going on? I think a kid just drove rode by a motorcycle squad rode by on the street. No, I think it was a UFO. What nobody points out is that Javier's sitting there in space. Like Dang. he's got his background. Oh, my, ba- my Zoom background <laughs> is out of space. I'm sitting on the International Space Station right now. I'm the first Mexican astronaut <laughs> to make it out of orbit. After this boils over, man, I'm not surprised at anything that comes our way, man. So if you're the first Mexican in space, well, no, in random orbit, then yeah, I believe it. Maybe that was your your UFO Uber that just popped in, you know? Well, I spent a lot of time in space in my early 20s, too, so I'm used to it. So anyway, so what's new with you guys? What's What you guys been up to? Trying to survive, man. You know, I'm so used to being on the go in an airport, on a job site, at my distributor with a contractor. And I'm still kind of moving. I've been riding a lot with James. If anyone doesn't know James Soul, he's our New England uh, rep. And I ride with him when I'm local. However, I'm just used to being at headquarters as well. But I've been kind of grounded more than usual. So I've been trying to kind of just like expel this energy in any way I can. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I think things are soon coming to at least the peak so we can go back to normal. And that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now, man. So that's where I'm at. I have to say I'm probably busier than uh, than I've ever been. That's one thing with this whole, you know, situation is it's a lot focused on marketing and coming up with just new ideas to put out there and keep everybody engaged and make sure everybody gets the feeling that we want them to get from our company. Um, but man, my stress level with this whole work from home stuff, it's like I'm busier than ever, but my stress level is like, I'm so chill. It really is kind of crazy um, to see it this way. Um, I don't know what it is about it, but uh, maybe it's that I get to sit out in the sun and work for a few hours a day if I want to or or whatever. But um, I don't know what it is, but I like it. Maybe it's because every casual Friday is not casual every single day, including, including weekends. You know what I mean? That might be it. Who knows? Yeah. That and the fact that you live by yourself too. Right. You don't have anybody to get on your nerves. I've been keeping my routine though. Like I still wake up, I shower in the morning, I get dressed, I get ready. I feel like you kind of need to do that to keep, uh, I don't know, to keep focused. You have to keep some sort of normalcy, you know, in your life. Yeah. yeah we've been doing that here, trying to wake up normal. Well, today they went back to virtual school. So it's been like. Uh, that sounds fun. <laughs> today was kind of funny. And Patrice's you know, like the principal. So they've been work, working on that virtual, whatever classroom. And today was just like phone call after phone call to her, <laughs> like from parents, just being super confused about how to work it and stuff. So it's just like, I'm sure it's just wild right now. Patrice is your wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's a big dog over there in the school district, right? She's a principal, I believe. I think. Yeah. She's a, she's assistant principal. Oh man, I can only fathom like how, how that's going, you know, because she has to adjust as does everyone else, you know? Yeah. Kudos to her. Yeah. So it's just been a lot of that, man. Just a lot of computer work at home for me. And today I spent a bunch of time calling guys, which was kind of cool. Just reaching out and it's like kind of going nuts. Cause we're used to be, I'm used to being on the road. So it's like, I'm home for a week, kind of gone for a few days, home for a week, gone for a few days. So it's kind of interesting not being around guys all the time you know well one of the main reasons that i wanted to get you guys on the horn and do a podcast with you all is to have a discussion about what do you guys foresee in the near future not only for ourselves 
but also for the hardwood flooring industry. Like, where do you guys see this going? Well, man, I mean, let's be real. Uh, prior to this happening, I've never done a podcast. I haven't done Zoom and I've done both multiple times now. So what I'm hoping for is after all this boils over, that collectively as an industry, you know, um, finished manufacturers, distributors, reps, homies, we can all kind of just keep more in touch, whether that's with this media, this channel, or just straight up more texts, more calls more often. So I'm hoping that the camaraderie is going to just strengthen after this. That's that's what I'm looking forward to, man, to be straight up, you know? What about you guys? Yeah, I feel like we're kind of um, figuring out a new type of normal right now. Um, even just as much as, you know, I went to the grocery store uh, this weekend. And for the first time, I mean, the shelves were stocked, right? And there's there's food on all the shelves, still no paper products, whatever it may be. But the grocery store was packed with people. Um, they're all wearing masks, but the grocery store is packed with people. I feel like you can't keep us all indoors for too long, right? So instead of just staying shut in, everybody's going to find a new normal. And if that's going out and keeping distance, paying attention to how close you are to people and wearing a mask, then you know maybe that's what they do. I was I was the asshole not wearing a mask, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people are going to start to adapt and try and figure out ways to to still live their normal life, even though all of this is going on. Yeah. It's kind of like pushed us because in Denver now they really, they're like really pushing for even more strict, you know, regulations everywhere in Denver. So it's just, but, but we've been doing the long walks kind of a deal, which kind of woke us back up to like how good that felt feels to go for a walk in the evening or something after dinner or something like that. So it's kind of like made me reflect a little bit more on, uh, that sort of stuff that you kind of forget about with the hustle and bustle of everyday life, you know? Yeah, I agree. That's one of my favorite parts. The things that I'm seeing out here, you see people sitting out in their backyards, just reading a book, Mm -hmm. you know, just taking a second. So many people taking walks around the neighborhood. And I mean, even for me personally, I can't tell you how long it's been since I picked up a piece of graphite and a piece of paper and actually drew something. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I went out and I, you know, it's, these stores are just, you know, the way that people are trying to keep their businesses running is just crazy to me. I mean, curbside pickup for Michael's, I never thought I'd do that in my life. Really? Yeah, dude. So I ordered like, I don't know, too much art supplies, you know, things I've been wanting to try, things that I used to love, I haven't done in how long. And uh, you just drive up and here, here's your bag. They get, they have this chalkboard outside with a phone number on it. Call this number when you get here, you call it and they're like, all right, we'll be right out. There's your stuff all done. Dang. Yeah. This situation has definitely been a catalyst for creativity for all businesses. I think, you know, Dude, yeah, man. And so I hope to see that in the future. I mean, I hope that that's what, you know, everybody kind of takes a piece of that. And like, you know, Mike and his family will continue to go out for evening walks because, oh, you remember how good that feels. Almost like it brought us all back to basics to say, okay, like figure out how to enjoy life without, you know, um, and it's crazy, right? For me personally, I'm always like being in marketing, social media is killing us guys. Like we focus on it way too much and it's, you know, killing how many hours of our day. That's been the one thing that's kept us all together. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not too much. It's not overwhelming. And then everything else that is the back to basics is filling that other spare time. I don't know. I hope to see that continue for sure. Yeah. I've been doing a lot less texting, more uh, phone calls and trying to get people to talk. We've, I've been FaceTiming like a ton with people doing zooms a bunch too fam not just f- like family but like friends and everything too it's like it's actually really cool because you we're we're always like on the go 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 we hardly have a normal conversation i feel like i've been having a lot more like normal conversations on a daily basis <laughs> everyone everyone misses each other <laughs> and we also take the easy road all the time right like what are you gonna do you're gonna get on a, a facetime or are you gonna go meet your buddies out at the bar but it kind of makes you remember that Hey, there's, you got this huge extended network of friends and family, like all over the country. And so maybe it's, you know, you take one of those weekend nights, maybe that's the new Friday norm, you know, happy hour with your, your friends across the country and Saturdays for your buds that are close. Yeah. That would be neat. I've noticed a bunch that most of, most of my homies are flooring contractors and they've been really sharpening up their marketing. I've seen guys kind of revamp their websites start posting more ads and kind of, they're not really so much, you know, some guys are working full throttle, other guys are slowing down, but some guys, again, are kind of restructuring and kind of 
using this time as a springboard as to when they'll get busy again. So that's cool. Um, you know, I think that, that that's very smart of them. Um, I've seen more logos popping up, more t-shirts, more things like that. And, and that makes me happy, man, because giving a brand to, to your company in the woodwork industry means that, you know, that you're serious, you know, you're serious. I remember back in the day in the early 2000s, late nineties, I would just get like, you know, those cheap, um, signs from my van, the magnets, you know, with no logo, just a generic, you know, T-door or initials, wood floors, no number. And now guys are taking that one step up. So that's what I, that's what I'm happy about seeing. Don't lie, man. You know, you were one of those dudes that was putting duct tape on your van. And it's a Tito's <laughs> flooring company with duct tape on there. Dude, if you saw my vans, my previous vans, I, I would only buy them if they were under like 2,500 bucks. They had to have at least <laughs> 230,000 miles with at least four huge issues. They last me, man, maybe like eight months and I would just roll up to the job. Like, dude, you know, I didn't know back then, man. The resources were not there. <laughs> yeah, you my first logos were just like a very basic magnet that I used to slap on the doors. Oh, dude. I did that on purpose, though, because I used to be an aggressive driver. And where I live, there's a lot of road rage. And sometimes... I've been guilty of road raging before. Oh, you're hilarious, dude. So when I wasn't working, I would take the magnets off on purpose just in case. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now at my older age, though, I've matured and, you know. <laughs> I got a story for you on that one, dude. Oh, yeah? What you got? My boy that used to work for me, Ian. <laughs> I'm going to have to send him this podcast when we're done. But uh, he, I had those magnets and all my dudes I would have them on. And like one Monday, like Monday morning, this detective calls me and, uh, he's all, Hey, I know it wasn't you, but, uh, one of your guys was crashing shopping carts in Safeway parking lot or something over the weekend. (laughs) And someone took down your phone number and I was, I'll call this dude. (laughs) Oh no, I got a similar story. So I was coming home one day from a job site and I was in a hurry to get home. I can't remember what it was. I had to get home for some reason. So I was like, kind of, you know, weaving in and out of traffic and trying to get home as fast as possible. And this was when I was in this business group in BNI. And one of the guys, which was a member of that group at the time, and I think he still is, he was the pest control guy. And he was always, I'm not going to mention his name, but whatever. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, hopefully not. He used to, he used to kind of get on my nerves a little bit. And so he was like one of those guys that like, I could picture him back in middle school being the snitch that would tell like the teacher that, you know, you were cheating on your homework or something, that kind of guy. So I get, I'm driving home as fast as possible and I get this phone call from him and he's like, Hey, he's like, where, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. What's up? He's like, do you got one of your guys out on the road right now? And I was like, mm, maybe why? He's like, well, one of your vans is on route 50 and they're, they're being totally, uh, what did he say? He said something silly. He's like, they're being totally irresponsible and they're driving <laughs> and they're weaving in and out of traffic and speeding. And I just want to let you know, you might want to talk to him because he's being reckless. Oh my God. I love your annoying white guy face. Like I can't get over it right now. The voice is hilarious. It's spot on too. <laughs> no. So he was, so anyway, after he was done snitching on me, I was like, oh, man, I was like, I really appreciate you letting me know, man. Thank you so much. I'll definitely talk to him as soon as I get home. And then I hung up. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, oh, shit. And the good thing is, though, that the the van that I was driving has like really dark tinted windows. So he couldn't see me. So he only like because he was driving up like beside me to see who was driving. But he couldn't tell who it was because I was like tinted out. And so anyway, that was kind of funny. That's funny, dude. Bueller. So I guess that's where you got to be smart with uh, with the way you put your branding out there, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not everyone can have it. <laughs> Not everybody can put a phone number on the side of a van and uh, and be okay with that. Yeah. Did you just throw me under the bus right now? <laughs> Maybe. A little bit? <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. No, but bit. I've grown, though. I've, I've, like, you know, I've matured. Within the last couple of years, I've matured a lot. I believe once you've matured, you call it matured. I think that's how yeah. they say it. Yeah. You have yeah, matured. Have. <laughs> yeah. So you haven't matured yet. <laughs> I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> 34 going, I don't know, 20. <laughs> hey, your microphone sounds like crap, Tito. I think you're putting it way too close to your beard. Yeah, it's all the beard, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you got to filter your beard out of your mic, bro. Thanks. 
Anyways, yeah. So speaking of branding, branding is very important. I found that out a few years into my business. So branding, what would you call it? What would you say the definition of branding is, Amanda? I mean, really, it's just, you can't really just throw a plain old definition at branding. I mean, there's so many different aspects to it. People hear a brand and they're just going to think a logo, right? But that's not all that it is. It's a brand is a concept. A brand is the people who are behind it. A brand is your products, um, the marketing that you put, that you put out to market. There's a ton that goes into it. Um, and I always, I mean, when I have friends, I've got a few friends that are entrepreneurs and, they're trying to get started with businesses. And I always tell them the first thing that I would do before you come up with a logo, before you do any of that stuff is um, come up with a mission statement. What do you stand for? What does your company stand for? Um, and then I think that's a really, really great starting point. Um, you know, you need your concept and you need your values before you can move forward with anything in a brand. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So for any guys out there that are taking time during this, you know, unfortunate uh, events that we're having to deal with right now in life. But for those that are being wise and that are taking the time and maybe some of them that are actually, you know, paying attention and trying to focus on rebranding their business, what would you recommend? Like, where do you start? Okay. So from the concept, the idea of the company, your mission statement, and then, you know, from there, what? Um. I guess first I would, I would probably end up asking them a question of what they think their strengths and their weaknesses are, you know, what are your challenges as a company? Right. And from those answers is where I would personally be able to boil down. Okay. This is the aspect I think you need to focus on. Um, in our industry, it's crazy how split it is. Right. And it's not, you don't have a lot of gradient when it comes to that, you've got, it's very black and white. We have our guys who are great with, um, with branding themselves. They're on social media. They, they attack all platforms. Um, they have their image and, and they put it out there and they stand behind it. And then you have, you know, the very opposite side of the spectrum of these guys who, you know, they're still, if they're even doing it, printing out flyers, maybe leaving them in grocery stores and they don't know how to do anything digitally. And so, um, it's tough. You know, you have to kind of go through that questioning first of saying, okay, well, what are you missing? What do you think your strengths are? What do you think your weaknesses are? Um, and that's kind of how you get to that. I'm sorry if I know you're asking me more direct questions, but I don't think it's so cut and dry, you know, um, every single business is different. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that every single one of them needs to be on social media. You know, there's, there's a niche for everyone. Um, right. but that's where those initial questions come in of, you know, who, who's your customer base, right? You know, who are you going for? So for me, branding, I don't know what the definition of branding is. I can pull out the Webster's dictionary if you guys want, but for me, the, you know, branding, my personal opinion on it is it's your idea and your image and the way that you're portraying not only yourself, but your company. And then marketing is the ability to communicate that to everyone out in the world. So strong, a strong brand would include for me, like you said before, is a good idea, a good mission statement, followed by good graphic design, meaning logos, an image. And then once you have that put together, then you have to work on your marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have to put it out there in the world and you have to be able to communicate who you are to everyone out there that might be listening. That's my two cents on it. I'm yeah. no expert, but let's you know, see. You whatever. just, I mean, prompted me to just Google it real quick, what the actual definition is. And it's, I mean, branding the promotion of a particular product or company by means of advertising and distinctive design. I just feel like that's so basic. I feel like there's yeah. so much more that goes into it than that. Yeah. You got to personalize it which I love that mission statement, just that in itself really personalize it. Maybe that's why so many people name their companies after themselves, their last name or initials or something to do with their family name. Cause it like you end up when you're writing that mission statement, you start delving into your positives and being proud of what you do and 
this and that. So I think a lot of those guys um, are the ones who want to create a legacy, right? So mm-hmm. they give it their name because they yeah. want that to carry on and maybe their kids will, will you know, um, pick that up and, and take it maybe forward. Maybe their also. kid might want to scrape corners one day. <laughs> we need a psychologist on here to uh, talk about that, the psychology of why hardwood guys name their companies after themselves. <laughs> well, I and think what, like Amanda that, said, uh, I think one is legacy. And two, I think a little bit, you know, maybe ego plays a little bit of it too. Cause you know, once you have your name on there, yeah. what you're producing is you're basically, it's a reflection of yourself. That's my name. What do you think, Tito? You want to chime in, buddy? To any guys out there, yeah, man. I mean, to any guys that are listening, let's say you're struggling or you're new to uh, branding. I'd recommend the first thing to figure out is which business model you want to kind of pursue. For example, do you want to kind of just bang out more volume? Do you want to just, you know, I mean, there are some guys that produce floors fast and that last a long time. Or would you rather maybe work on less houses and charge top dollar, be a little bit more of a niche or boutique type of type of um, business? Do you want to have a showroom one day? Do you want to be high end? Do you just want to turn and burn them, you know, and then start there, you know? For example, when, when I was doing my thing, I tried to work as less as I could and make as much as I could. So I was kind of, I had, my brand was every time we walked into your home, we were treated as if it were ours. For, so for example, I always saw my guys, hey man, it's just not another floor. This is a home where, you know, these guys are raising their families. So we would take that super serious and, and gain the customer's trust. And I was able to get those jobs that I wanted. But some, there's there's some guys in Boston, man, that these guys are just like, banging through jobs fast, laying down some quality products and doing just as good. So kind of pick your business model and then kind of brand it off from there. That's, that's what I'd recommend. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I agree with that. I mean, if you're doing, if you're going out and doing a bunch of builder work and running multiple crews, do you really need to invest in like this super expensive graphic design and logos and all this other stuff? Because you have all these builders feeding you anyway, you can literally show up with the van that's got Tito's hardwood floors, you know, with a duct tape on it. You know what I mean? I'm kidding. So those guys, like if you're doing a volume like that, you can do like a referral program or give me X amount of square foot per quarter, get something, you know, get a, get this, that, you know? Um, so you, they can get fancy as well, not fancy, but they can get creative as well with their branding. It just depends. Yeah. But I'm talking specifically about graphics and and visual. Oh yeah. No, you you don't have to go and out and invest in all these logos and all that stuff. If you're being fed by a bunch of builders and you're doing, you know, high volume, uh, builder work, I think that when it's really important to invest in the, you know, in the visual aspect of your company and your brand is if your niche is like custom work and you're doing high end, you know, work for, uh, you know, residential, you're working a lot with, you know, homeowners, designers, stuff like that. Micah, you raised your hand. What's up? <laughs> no, that's, uh, what Cheetah was talking about. Um, just kind of, uh, going with this time right now and trying to figure out the direction that you're heading in. And I think even those kind of guys, it's like as little as like, get your logo, even if it's semi-generic or something like that, and put it on your t-shirts for your guys to wear just doing something simple like that puts steps you aside from, you know, the Joe Schmo down the street or whatever. My first probably 10 years, you know, we're wearing like skate shirts and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like show up to the job and I'm like, and they're like, huh? You know, like legit when I was like 20, 21 years old, man, I was running my own van and this customer was all said something about, oh, they sent me the good crew because we were so young and looked like skaters. Yeah, and uh, we I was just like, ah, uh, you know, realistically, we look like you know, true. we just look like like we just were knocking on their door to like ask them for a soda or something. Like you just got back from the skate park. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, I feel you. I think that's true, though, Micah. Like, if there's anything that you are going to invest in when it comes to, you know, branding or marketing, design, anything like that, it's for sure a logo because that, no matter what your business model is, your mission statement, anything like that, I think one of the most important things for any business is to create consistency and awareness, right? I can think back to, a few companies that I've worked for where, you know, our name didn't get on the board until that logo just was constantly in people's faces and they saw it and they saw it and they saw it. And then once people know it and they start to trust it. So if you're going to spend money anywhere, if you don't have it to, 
in the budget to to be doing, you know, a wrapped vehicle or, you know, crazy flyers or whatever it may be, an intense website, um, get a logo down and decide on that. Because I mean, to me, that's, that's as much of a commitment as the name of your company is, um, and get it out there, start to put that out to the world. Yeah. And the consistency is key too. I actually read an article about that not that long ago. I can't remember what the numbers were, but they were saying that for someone to recognize your brand, as far as your logo is concerned, they have to see it for a certain amount of times. I can't remember what the number was, but yeah, consistency mm-hmm. is, is huge. And that's where you have to decide on those building blocks, you know? So your mission statement, your business model, your, your name, your logo, that's, that's, I mean, we're, if we're talking in this industry, that's your foundation, Yeah, you know, that's your subfloor. Like that's gotta be solid before you can build anything on top of that. Um, because you can't stray from that, you know, I, I mean, you can, but you're starting all over essentially. And then it, if you waver from any of those things, those four main building blocks, um, people will start to lose trust in you, you know, because, oh, if this guy can't stay solid in his business model, you know, then what's he going to do in my house? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I wanted to uh, go back and make a point too on something that Micah was talking about as far as like the t-shirts and having, you know, your brand on your t-shirt. That's something that's really important, not necessarily just from the aspect of like the homeowner or the builder seeing your guys on the job site and looking like they have somewhat of a uniform on, but it's also really important as far as like the team. Yeah, confidence. You know what I'm saying? Because if you got like three or four guys showing up to the job site and everybody's wearing something different, or maybe one guy has like the company shirt on and two other dudes are looking like all sloppy, like they slept in their t-shirt the night before. It doesn't create any kind of consistency as far as the team is concerned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My guys, the guys that I knew were staying with me or or around, even the subs and stuff like that, that I had, I'd get them all. I, you know, I paid for it and uh, got them all like five t-shirts and they would all have, their names on it as well, which they like really, they love. And the customer always really loved too, because they'd walk up and go, oh, okay, you're the guy that he said you were, you know, you were sending. So I kind of go both ways with that whole thing. Like, um, as far as uniforms go, I mean, I think it's a great idea to have, um, you know, like the logo consistently represented and so on. But I don't know, maybe this is a little bit of like my hippie tendencies, but I like to show a little individuality as well. I mean, with our current team, bringing it back to that, I think that's one of the things that's so great about our team. Everybody's their own person. You know, we don't make you show up. Oh, you got to, you have to wear polo pants and, you know, like, I I mean, not polo pants, uh, khaki pants and a polo. Like, you know, we want to see that individuality, but, you know, individuality, it doesn't mean that you have to step away from the brand. You know, it can be part of your brand. So touching on that, I kind of, I I agree with you, Amanda. So one tip, one thing that I used to do um, is qualify. So I'd ask, you know, I'd, Hey, how'd you hear about us? And if they said, Oh, my friend referred you, or they'd say, I found you on Instagram. To me, that registered as they know me, they know what to expect, and they're expecting a show. So I'd go in my jeans, my boots, my backwards cap, cool, maybe a necklace. That's it. If they said, hey, I found you from and Google, I might be getting you know a few different prices. That I'd actually wear a company t-shirt with the logo and, and the, the company hat, you know, and, and I would kind of adapt. And that really helped me. I'm not saying everyone should try it, but it, it helped me kind of adapt and adjust to to, to every customer that customer that was calling and it all starts with qualifying you know asking questions when you get that phone call yeah and your uniform can be i mean we we know it so much as you know just the way that it's always put out there ah shit i gotta wear a uniform i don't want to wear a uniform but your uniform can be hey you just need to be presentable you know be presentable and dress for the situation you know, and that's your uniform. I don't want you showing up in raggy clothing because that is speaking to my brand. You know, you can yeah. wear what you want, but I'm trusting you to be respectful to that and understand uh, the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with like the way I was running my operation was I would get t-shirts. So they would at least have to wear the t-shirt that had the company name on it. And then because I really agree with you as far as being able to express yourself and being your own individual, that's cool. So, hey, dude, if you want to wear, uh, like, I'm not trying to, like, you know, make you look like you just got out of, like, Paris Island and the Marine Corps. Like, you don't have to be, like, all squared out like that. But I'm talking about at least have the T-shirt so there's some sort of, like, not formal uniform, but at least it, it looks like a team showing up to the job site. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is, like, hey, dude, if you like wearing Vans, 
wear vans with the freaking you know flames on them or whatever you like wearing a pair of jordans where you you know your jordans you like to wear your own hat whatever your snapback hat or whatever if you want to wear an earring that's cool too but like make sure that you're clean cut that you're coming and looking you know somewhat professional but you can still put your own flavor on it but i would always at least add something that would kind of bind everyone together you know what i mean yeah yeah no cut off sweatshorts though yeah, I mean, it came to a point like with, for instance, like my apprentice Seth. Seth, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry, bro. I'm gonna throw you under the bus real quick, man. Like with him, I had to get real with him because he's, you know, kind of a hippie, and like he would show up looking like, you know, he was living under a bridge somewhere under like the 495 bypass. And I told him, I was like, bro, I was like, you need to at least like, you know, like don't take your clothes right out of the dryer and they're all wrinkled up and then show up <laughs> to the job site like that. Cause that's what it looked like. And I told him, I was like, when a customer sees you like that, the first thing they're going to, cause everybody's going to judge you based off your appearance. It's natural mm-hmm. human behavior. So I was like, dude, at least take the time to throw it in the dryer, get the wrinkles out of it and, and look somewhat clean because the first year that he was working with me, one, he was showing up like that. And then two, because it was a construction job and he was young, I think he had this mindset where, you know, oh, I'm working construction. I can get dirty and it's kind of cool. So we would be like, doing a nail glue assist job and he would take the adhesive and he would just like smear it all over his shirt. Like it was a napkin. And I was like, bro, I was like, I guarantee you we can install 2000 square feet nail glue assist. And I can walk out maybe with a speck of glue somewhere on my body, but more than likely I'm gonna walk out clean. And it's like, just keeping that clean professional look throughout the job without smearing everything all over you. But it took me a little while to get in there because at first it was kind of like, you know. And Seth, you ain't the only one, bro. Yeah. Sorry, Seth. We love you, buddy. I think with glue though, man, especially full travel, man, you're either clean or unclean, man. And these, I've been on site. Some homies are look like they're ready to go to like, I don't know, like a bow tie dinner, not a specs. Other guys look like they found the bucket during production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. And, and that doesn't make you any less of a like installer. Yeah. Like for me, it was just a matter of awareness. I would just be looking around. Like I don't want to get glue all over my shit. You know what I mean? So I'm just looking around and being aware. But again, that's bringing it back, Javier, to what we're talking about before. It's because that was your brand. You know, it's your company. And so you're seeing the yeah. way that, you know, that they're showing up and that speaks to you. I mean, even having people like working under you, it's like, I want to know that if, if I, and I mean, shit, I don't think I've taken a sick day in the last four years, but if I have to, and just so happens that somebody who is, you know, of some importance shows up and you have to be the one to step up and you have to, you have to represent not only the brand, but me and my entire company. It's just setting expectations. That's it. Yeah. You know, those things happen and uh, you have to act that way every day. Yeah. Micah, I cut you off earlier, dude. I'm sorry, man. What were you (laughs) going to say? I don't know. Some, I'm just being a wiseacre. (laughs) Go ahead. Give us your two cents, man. You're a man Uh, of wisdom. No, but you're the oldest one here. I've seen it. I've seen so many funny situations with guys walking on jobs and just being like, come on, dude. Like, I really need the help, but I got to send you home. It's like the pants are ripped open or something. (laughs) It's just like, there's just, you know, and they're having a hard time too. So it's whatever, you know, I, I feel for them sometimes, but I've seen some funny stuff where I've had to be like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you need 50 bucks for a pair of pants. Like you got, you have to wear pants that don't have holes in the crotch or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. And, and I used to tell guys that too, man, back in the day when I had multiple guys working with me. So they would be like, well, you, are you going to buy our clothes? And I was like, no, you can buy your own clothes, yeah. man. But it doesn't, it, you don't have to go down to uh, Carhartt and buy a bunch of expensive <laughs> shit. All you got to do is go down to the Goodwill and get like yeah. some used like Levi 501 pants or something and some used t-shirts or whatever. I'll give you the t-shirt. You know what I mean? You got to get on that pants rotation, dude. You ain't a hardwood floor guy unless you like are on that pants and shoes rotation where you got your good pants that you'll wear for like a month. And then you think you're going to like get on the, Oh, I'll just, I just have to show up to the job to like drop a bundle of wood off or something. Next thing you know, you're spreading glue or something. And you're those, yeah, those new pants are rotated in to the work pants. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> when you get a stain on a barbecue, well, these are good for floors now, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was all my shoes, man. I can't tell you how many times I go on, you know, um, I would just go on like on a weekends or whatever, do a touch up and somehow, you know, get a shoe dirty. And I wouldn't fret. I add it to the shoe lineup, shoe rotation, you know? Same thing. That's funny. Same But thing. you can do that, though, because you own like a thousand pairs of shoes. You know what, though? Like, honestly, man, you know, I've been wearing like old shoes now, but I, man, I recently put on my old red wings those things have been resold twice they have maybe four hundred thousand miles man and i don't think i'm gonna go back man i like I, li- I i mean i'm not gonna deviate from those again there's nothing oh, like the red wings i yeah, like the man. red wings. I, I, but don't I, I, bullshit us man you know that you own like a thousand pairs of shoes when you <laughs> went to when you took your last trip to germany i was watching your stories on ig yeah. and you were out there shoe shop and you you dude how many shoes did you buy in germany every time he goes to germany he has to also buy another set of uh luggage to bring back home Yo, but the thing shit. is that you know where um where I'm staying was an old capital for shoemaking in Germany, you know. So there's still some place. There's a place called Shoe City, right? And Michael, we've been there, man. I'm not sure <laughs> if you've been there, but um, it's pretty cool, man. Like top grain leather, you know, rubber soles, really comfy, made in Germany shoes that'll retail in the states for two, four, six hundred bucks. You'll get them for under hundred dollars, there, man. Nope. So I, I always take advantage, and I haven't bought a pair of shoes in the states in one to three, four no, years. Shoes are cool, man. Yeah, I actually okay. follow a couple dudes that are uh, shoemakers. What do you call people who? What, what do they call them? <laughs> Oh. Shoemakers? Is that what they no. call them? Is that who are you asking? <laughs> or whoever. You you you're like the shoe dude. Cobblers? Like what are they called? Cobblers, shoe cobblers. Yeah. Is that what cobblers? Okay. So I follow a couple of the dudes. Actually, there's one guy that I follow. He's he really in, uh, does London, follow a cobbler. <laughs> and That's awesome. I follow him on LinkedIn. And this cat makes like legit handcrafted shoes. Dude, it's like a craft. A it's like a craft. I'm talking about tiny little nails and a little hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he does. Oh, dude. That's it's what he does. badass, man. Yeah. So how do we go from branding to shoes, the shoe cobblers? What'd you say, Amanda? I said I just picked up my seasonal pair of Keds, my Keds sneakers. So I know exactly what you guys are talking about. That's funny. That's that 1980s like, white girl shoe. <laughs> it's funny. Tito had to get a whole new suitcase in Germany for his shoes. Did you for real, bro? It's, it's a long two weeks when you're there. You know, it's like Second it's, time, it's long man. days, man. And we get to the airport on our last day to like get on the plane and like the escalator <laughs> is broken and it's like two flights. And this dude, <laughs> this dude <laughs> didn't even skip a beat and just throws it up on his shoulder and like Sherpas it, dude, like right up. Strip is it up the stairs, like he, man. Like he was bringing all the gear up. Dude, but this suitcase that Micah is talking about, man, is literally probably holds the world record for the biggest suitcase on the planet. <laughs> the thing was like, I don't know. It's like five feet keto. tall. Dude, yeah, seriously. So, dude, I brought that thing to Mexico, and man, I had never felt so unsafe in my life. Not You know, because I had just, it, they must have thought it had like gold in it. It's just huge, dude. Huge. Um, and yeah, I threw it up over my, my shoulder, walked up the stairs. It was nuts, but it carried a lot of shoes, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, hey, real quick. So obviously we've ended the conversation of branding. Do you want to like close us out with any like very like thoughts of wisdom, Amanda, as far as branding is concerned? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I just reiterate what I said is just, uh, know who you are, know what you stand for, what your company stands for. If there's anything you're going to spend a lot of time on, that's really what it is. And then, um, stay consistent, even with social media, you know, a lot of these guys who are afraid to start accounts or, you know, to post it's, um, it is what you make it. I mean, if you start an account and you say from day one, I'm going to post once a month, post once a month and stay consistent in that. You know, if they're worried about, um, you know, homeowners, I mean, it's understanding who you're playing to. I mean, for us in our industry, Instagram, that's all your buddies, you know, Facebook, that's going to be your homeowners. And if they at least see that you're consistent once a month, but every month you're there, you're fine. It's when you get, you know, people coming in and, oh, they're going to go, they're going to research you, but uh, he hasn't posted for four months. Like, is this company legit? Is it not? Um, So it doesn't really matter how often you're on there. Just stay consistent and make sure you're delivering the message every single time, you know, of who you are as a company. So, yeah, I mean, planning that stuff out and coming up with your baseline, I think that's the most important thing to do. 
Well, we really appreciate your insight, Amanda, because you're very good at your job. So thank you very much. I'm all right. If anybody has any questions, please don't email Amanda because she probably doesn't have time to answer everyone's questions. But anyway, I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. No, you know what, though? I do have to say that's one thing that I really, really have loved during this whole time what you guys are talking about, um, even in some of the videos that we've been putting out as a company, a lot of you guys are saying, dial it in, look at your company. How can you build your company? And I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten in the past few weeks of guys saying, Hey, I'm trying to revamp my website. Can we have your company logo? And do you have any advice? I'm all about that. And I always have the time for that. Even if it's, you know, if you don't hear from me two, three days, know that I'm leaving you as unread because I'm going to get to that as soon as I can. Um, I'm all about helping any of the guys out there build nice. their build their businesses in that way for sure. Thank you, thank you, Amanda. So, getting back to the shoe conversation <laughs> and Tito's travels through the world. Hey, man. So, real quick, no, for real though. Like, hey, what was your trip to Colombia like, man? Because you were out there for what two or three weeks, something like that. Yeah, man. I mean, I grew up in CF Rhode Island, right? Um, predominantly, when I was in high school, ninety percent of my friends were Colombian. Now it's if maybe I don't know a bunch of my friends are Colombian. You know? So um, I went, man. Um, my first time in South America. I had never been south of Mexico. Um, so Medellin, I went to a few spots, but. Medellin sits in the middle of like a mountain high above the sea level. And I had never seen so many motorbikes in my life. So over there, there are more people in motorcycles just driving like totally wild. Yeah. Uh, well, they're a lot more affordable than cars. So and they're more readily available. The The cars are tiny. The streets are narrow, a lot of dirt roads. I think over there, there was a lot to absorb. I'll talk about Cartagena. So Cartagena is uh, three and a half hours away from Colombia. And I went there um, on a whim. I have an old friend that's staying there and that's by the ocean. That was cool, man. It was like, a, they have a strip called Boca Grande and it's just kind of like a Miami, man. It's like two really huge skyscrapers, um, which was Is it cool. on the coast? Yeah, man. It's right on the coast. Cartagena? Um, yeah, Cartagena is dope. And what's, then, the, what's the capital? The capital, I believe, is uh, Bogota, which is very right, industrial right. and commercialized. I wasn't, I, I didn't go there. But Cartagena, what's really cool about that place is they have a place called Old Town, and it's basically right smack dead in the center of the town. And man, it's like within these big brick structures, and it's just like the Spain invaded that long ago. So it looks like it feels like you're in old Spain, dude. It's so. So, so cool, man. Yeah, it's a lot of Latin America. Big for like Spanish tile and pink, yellow, um, green, and bright colored buildings. They didn't have any hardwood floors over there. It's mostly all tile, right? No, man. I was there for two and a half weeks. The only hardwoods I saw were on two decks outside, 100% tile and cement over there oh we, I, I thought you were going to say that the only hardwood you saw was in the morning when you woke up <laughs> oh, love no man and there, the thing is that there is hardwood there like in lobbies and skyscrapers and like high-end homes and whatnot um there is a lot of pre-finished wood flooring going down but where i was was just like you know little pueblos little villages so no man but yeah no cool. i was following your stories when you're over there weren't you like riding donkeys over there and stuff yeah, so that was so that was my third stop in Colombia. It was a place called Armenia, and over there they're known for their coffee, right? But what's cool about the spot I went to, Salento, right? Check it out, <laughs> uh, the world's tallest palm trees. Isn't that cool? And I'm just thinking about you riding a donkey right now, so I'm trying to. No, it wasn't a donkey, dude. It was a horse. It was a horse. It was a horse. Oh, I was like, geez, why are you calling this girl a donkey? I had dude? to mute myself because no, I, dude, I was, was picturing you on a donkey myself with like a couple bags of shoes behind you. And that's the difference between men and women. Is I'm sitting over here like I want to know who's got the job to measure palm trees. <laughs> Oh, dude, dude. Have you guys have you guys ever ridden a horse, man, or done horseback riding? I felt like yeah, it was yeah, like an analog stick, man. You pull them back and they stop. Yeah, left, right. It, it was bizarre for me, man. It's like it was an really analog bizarre. stick. It was. Well, horses dude. don't fuck around no more. You gotta be careful with horses, man. Right. I've gotten bit by a horse before. You've gotten kicked by a horse? No, no. Well, I've gotten. I've had horses try to kick me. Ouch! But I don't they have a kicked, lot of force? But I've gotten bit by a horse before. Like Ouch. horses, if you push them too hard. They'll get pissed off at you, man. 
like they'll start getting pissed off and then like they get aggravated. And then when you get off of them, when you're not looking, they'll like try to bite you in the ass. In retaliation? Really? Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. cool. That's, that's happened to me a couple of times, horseback riding. <laughs> I got some good horseback riding stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So you were out there freaking riding burrows through the freaking mountains of Columbia. Yeah, just enjoying the freaking... black coffee over there, man. It was cool. Yeah, that's, cool. that's what's up, man. Yeah, it looked like a badass trip. Didn't you spend New Year's on some island or something like yeah, that? Yeah, man. So that was an island off Cartagena. And on a whim, again, I went with a friend and it was so cool, man. Uh, it was a bunch of culture. Actually, they, I'm a, you got, I don't know. You guys know I'm a salsa dancer, right? You know, with turns and the conga and all that crap. I danced with the Natalia Reyes, who stars in the latest Dark Fate Terminator movie. She was there. She's from, you know, she's from Colombia, from Cartagena, and it was awesome, man. I didn't know it was her until the people we were hanging with said, hey, she's in the, you know, that's who it is. And I asked her to dance. She was cute, dude. I wasn't even nervous and doing like nothing. She just came up and we danced. It was so awesome. Yeah, I had a great time. That's what's up. I rang in the new year there. Yeah, I can't wait to be able to travel again. That'd be nice. Yeah. I got some places I want to go to. Oh, yeah. Like man. where? Oh, I think that if I could go anywhere like tomorrow... I would go on a dive trip to the Maldives. Free diving in the water? No, scuba diving. So I'd take a scuba diving trip to the Maldives, Whoa, which is man. like Southeast. I think it's, was it Southeast Asia or something like that? Like by, uh, what is it called over there? Bora Bora. They do these things called liveaboards. So you basically are on this boat, like this badass yacht, and you live on it for like two weeks. And then you just like dive the whole time. You do like daily dives. It's badass. But the water over there is untouched. Like you have reefs that are what the reefs around, you know, the Caribbean used to be 200 years ago, you know? That's awesome. Like big ass tiger sharks. It's like really awesome. That's where I would go. So hopefully one day when all this is like settled down. I'm going to take me a trip to go diving out there. Do it, man. I'm worried about what this whole thing's doing for for travel. But I just caught the travel bug only within the last like three years. I mean, that's one of my little my little secrets is I was petrified of flying. And I I, I had not. Oh, there he goes. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can no, start. no. When I, oh, my bad. I'm But when I first met Amanda, man, she told me she used to hate flying. <laughs> it was only four years ago. Yeah. I hadn't gotten on a plane in seven or eight years. I was petrified, man. And then it was just, you know, know seeing the after. Yeah, Yeah. dude, I was so scared. I was so scared. It's really only been, um, it's been three years. Um, As long as, uh, as long as the the coup has been with us, he kind of challenged me as far as like, hey, if you want to progress, you know, it's something you need to think about. And so I did what I had to do. I got on a plane. Now I'm good with doing it. Where you know? did you go? Where was your first work trip? The first one, uh, I forget. San, San Antonio, Texas, I believe. Really? Yeah. Yep. And then it was exactly a year from that first trip that I did my first international trip. And then after that one was when I really, really caught the travel bug. So it's like now I... I like to do at least one a year. And with this whole shit, man, I mean, like, fares are low, but I'm I'm never scared about stuff like that. I don't want to get on a plane, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different type of fear right now. You just get super anxious before not you like, oh, not anymore. Not anymore. Now I'm, it's like, you know, it, honestly, getting on a plane is one of my favorite times because it's like mandatory downtime. Um, you know, you're disconnected and um, I love traveling now. That's awesome. I like traveling. I just don't like getting on the planes. Really? And it's not because I'm scared. I'm not scared of it. I just, it's like annoying. It's like getting on a Greyhound that's in the air. Yeah. It gets to be, well, now it's, it's different than before, like the rep game or whatever, where you're like flying so much when you're only flying like twice a year and it's for vacation. It's like, it's so fun. And I still enjoy the airports and stuff like that, but it ain't the same. It's like work, man. Especially sometimes it comes up and you're like flying sometimes twice a week even you know or it's like two round trips in a week you lose that sense of excitement i was talking to a a, to a friend who travels for work about that too that sense of excitement of like going to the airport you lose that and then when you actually are traveling uh for vacation you got to remind yourself you're like oh wait a second (laughs) now's when you get excited i'm going somewhere that i want to go but then you remember how to travel though because you can you travel right because you're like you know how to do everything the fastest way 
So it's like, even with the family, it's like, nope, we're going through here. We're here. We're here. Oh, dude. My mom's like, I got to get to the airport three hours early. I'm like, mom, it's okay. It's going to be all right. Hopping on a plane is, for me, man, it's almost no different than an Uber. But you know what's awesome, man, is a lot of my my homies, my my flooring contractor homies out there, man, they're flying sometimes more than some of our area reps, man. Some of our reps really just drive around to their territories. These guys are flying for courses, for shows. They're getting points. They're going on more vacations. These guys have turned into the, quite the wanderlust, man. So that's one thing I, I, I've noticed is floor guys are traveling more than ever. And, man, I think it's so cool, man. Seeing the homies in different cities, I think that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the availability to travel is there, too, as far as the – or maybe I'm wording it wrong. There's something to travel to. Like there's – core, you know, like with Finnish companies doing, you know, classes around the country – and then, you know, other organizations that are doing training, yeah, it gives guys incentives to to go out and to travel. I think it's awesome, too, because it's building a community. You know oh, I mean? yeah, man. I'm kind of watching this conversation come like full circle, too, though, talking back to way back in the beginning of this talk of creating that consistency with the Zoom meetings and getting everybody to stay connected. It's like normally these trainings or the classes or certifications, you know, a lot of these guys, they do it so often because their friends are spread out. It's all over the country. It's a chance to not only do something for, you know, the industry you're passionate about, but you get to see your buds, you know? Yeah. Well, I know a lot of guys that go to the classes, not only really just to like learn, I've had a lot of them to tell me they go because they want to, you know, network and, you know, go hang out with their homeboys. I love that, man. I love that we're at an industry that has created that, you know? Yeah, that's uh, what I was just going to say. I was going to I was gonna start talking shit about painters. <laughs> to any of my painter friends, I'm sorry. You guys are part of the dust life too, but it's not the same. It's a different dust. <laughs> it's a different dust. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, that we're really lucky as a, um, you know, overall as an industry that it seems to be like a tight knit industry because there's other industries where people just don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got the realest of real people, you know, most of the guys out there, they've blood, sweat and tears built what they have, you know. Um, so you have real people. Nobody's been handed what they have. You know, they've worked for it and it kind of creates that. I don't know. There's just a feeling in the air when you're in a room full of of guys in our industry. Yeah. Nothing I've experienced before. Yeah. Nothing again. I mean, I'm sure every industry has it, but I really, truly feel like it's a really proud industry, man. It's a really, really cool industry to be in. Yeah, it is really cool. When I went to art school for, uh, you know, however many years ago, I never thought this is where I'd end up, but uh, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I mean, if I could go back to 18 years old and if I was going to go back and like learn a trade, now knowing what I know and having experienced different trades other than the hardwood flooring trade, I would still pick hardwood floors. Yeah, do me so. Hands down. Yeah. Over any other trade out there. Dude, I I mean, I, I had an easy decision because I grew up doing, my stepdad did stucco. So I was like doing stucco when I was like. Really? 10 years old, packing, you know, whatever, shoveling some sand a little bit. But as I got older, it was like, it was rough packing hard and doing that. So I was happy to do floors, man. No, it's, it's still, a, it's one of the hardest jobs, man. Physically and mentally, it's a tough, tough job, man, but. Nah, man, there's nothing like rolling up to the job site, especially like on a residential remodel and do the, the electricians, the plumbers, they just watch you come in. And as soon as you fire up the helmet, you got to kick everyone out. And they're like, whoa, man, you come in like bats out of hell, dude. I'll never forget that, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have the homeowners like watching, checking it out. You know, it's just like these guys know when the wood floor guys come on get the hell out of our way because we're running. It's our show now. Well, not only get the hell out of the way because nobody can be on the floor, but I've had on multiple occasions, painters and just other trades within you know the, the construction industry that were working on the house at the time when we were coming in to do the hardwood floors, the installation, not so much. Not Everybody wasn't really that interested in the installation, but when we came in to finish, to sand and finish the floor, Dude, everybody would be like, they'd be looking at you like, man, yeah, this is dude. awesome. Then the house is like, the house is basically almost done right there. Yeah. When the floors are getting the first coat, that's like, we're on final touch up, about to close down. 
yeah and the homeowners move in it's, it is a really cool job yeah i've had electricians i've had painters and i've had a couple other guys watch us uh coating in the floor like doing a final coat through the window yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when we walk out they're like dude that's badass mm-hmm. yeah man i mean inside a space you're looking at ceilings walls floors and we're the last ones to come in and really transform that space from a job site to a home so and people like that man they like watching that transformation well and, and you're taking a like a natural uh what's the word for it natural organic product. material product and turning it into you know a piece of art if you know what you're doing you know what i mean it's like the biggest piece of furniture in the house so badass yeah yeah it is it's badass. The chef's table dude the chef's table yeah right there. that's why i love it what do you think amanda about rolling on the last coat she's done it yeah I know she has. That's why I'm asking her. I've done it. You know what? I've always liked to understand uh, every aspect of the industry that I work in. I have no problem, you know, getting dirty, running a machine, rolling out some finish. I like to learn, know what your guys' world is like, you know? Yeah. I for sure. I mean, I've had a few times where I've offered that type of help, right? And it's taken, of course, especially when you have a big space. And uh, God, or if we talk about the pour that we did at the new location, no oh, man. But it's so good for me in marketing because I get so much respect for you guys, um, where you've been and the work that you guys have done. That is damn hard work, man. It's damn hard work. Um, so I give all the credit for what, for what you guys and the contractors out there do. True that. Yeah, that's for sure. But you don't know it unless you experience it. And I do half a day and I'm like, shit, I'm going to go get a massage. Yeah, then, no kidding. And then for some reason we like miss it. <laughs> oh, you miss it. Oh, I you miss don't miss it. it and I'm like, dude, I really miss it, man. To be oh, honest. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, hell I yeah, you do. I mean, I'm stoked to have this. You know, this job that I have now. But uh, dude, I really miss being on the job. There's so much. We've talked about it too before. We just, I just miss like being on the job, like talking with customers. You know, helping it. You know, seeing it from start to finish, problem solving, all that good stuff, all the way to the end, man. Like, I really, really miss that part of it. Yeah. Happy, you know, happy faces, even if there's like moments of it being like, you know, the customer's like, oh, "You've been in my house, you know, too long, or whatever it is." Yeah, the you know, pain in like, the ass moments. You know, there's moments of that, but at the end, when it's like, "All right, let's walk through," and they're just happy as could be. I really, really miss that from start to finish. You know. Yeah, the biggest thing that I miss, I mean, installation. It's all right. But my favorite thing was refinishing floors or finishing, you know, site finished floors after we installed them. Dude, running that Hummel, starting that (laughs) machine up, man, and ripping the floor, dude. And then whatever, you know, whether we're doing a a natural penetrating oil or staining the floor and doing a waterborne finish over top of it, seeing that transformation from start to finish, I was really addicted to that. And so it was very satisfying for me. And now mm, I miss it. Yeah. But I am grateful to be working with you guys, by the way. So, you know. There's one word that we always kind of try and use um, instead of just saying contractor, right? We call you, we, we call them craftsmen. And I think that's really what it is. You know, every, that's one thing everybody has in common um, in this industry. And then for marketing, you know, I can get in on that too. Uh, you guys are creating, you know. You're, you're, you're taking a project and, and you're making decisions and you're literally putting your hands in it and making it. And then at the end, you get to stand there and be like, damn, I did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get to see what you built. Yeah. And then not only for your own like satisfaction from what you've done and what you've like witnessed yourself, but also what's very gratifying is seeing the homeowner when they come back to see what you've done and their reaction it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, it makes you feel really, yeah. really good. Because there for a little while, I was doing roofing for a little while. Dude, you go install a roof and nobody gives a shit. Like, <laughs> you know, as long as it doesn't <laughs> leak, nobody's it. coming back to look at the roof and be like, wow, you guys did an amazing job. The snowbirds look awesome. You guys don't know what snowbirds are, do you? Anyway, with the floors, though, like you would get that all the time, all the time. Anyway, Mike, I saw you. Go ahead, brother. Oh man, I was just talking, I was just thinking about at this time, like when guys are slowing down a little bit, that's what they can kind of jump on to is how they're going to go back to their next projects. If they have a, 
a month off to think about it or whatever, they're going to go back and like maybe change the way that they approach their projects, you know, like getting along with the customers from the get go as soon as they walk in and how that changes like the outcome of their entire job, man, like all that plays like a huge part. And this might be a cool time to like rethink just as simple as that kind of thing on like walking in with like a positive attitude and like making it a cool relationship between them and the customer. I remember that was like, that's like the art of it almost. We're all like, we can all install sand and finish the floor, you know, and hopefully turn out a clean final coat, but it's like, (laughs) but, uh, but it's that communication with the customer throughout the whole job, man, that really, really is the art of, of what we do. I think real realistically, man. So building that relationship, getting to know the kids, like I miss that stuff and be like, yeah, whatever I've, I've taken dogs out for a walk around the block and be like, no, don't come home at lunch. Like I'll do it. Cool. You know, just like that's cool. Super cool. You think they're going to call you back for like a missed nail hole that didn't get filled or something. If you're like doing like that kind of stuff is like the cool part. I got a funny story real quick. So this was maybe three years ago talking about walking dogs. (laughs) I was installing the floor and they had this, uh, not an English bulldog. What the heck is it called? A uh, boxer. They had an old boxer. Those are fun. Yeah. No, they're cool dogs. Oh, I like all dogs. I'm a dog person, but whatever. Anyway. So the fucking boxers down in the basement going berserk because <laughs> nobody had let it out to, you know, use the bathroom or whatever. Homeowners aren't home. So I was like, shit, man, like I'm going to, uh, you know, I got to take this dog out so I can't find its leash anywhere. So I get it like I grab one of my extension cords out of the van <laughs> and I tie the extension cord up to, you know, to its collar it's and I take him out. I can't remember the dog's name, but anyway, so I take him out around the block and it's like this kind of high end neighborhood with these nice houses or whatever. Everybody's lawn looks super nice and, you know, it's sprinklers or whatever. So I'm taking the dog around the block and so the dog takes a shit. But I don't have any bags with me, you know, because I'm totally unprepared. And like these people walking around the neighborhood are looking at me like I'm dusty and I'm like dirty because I'm installing this floor. The typical Spanish Mexican with a with a dog. Bro, I'm 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 walking this boxer with an extension cord <laughs> and then the dog takes a shit in somebody's yard. And I'm like, oh man, what do I do? Cause I don't have a bag. So I like, le- I like leaned over, like pretending like I was picking up the shit, but I didn't really have a bag. So I like, I leaned over and tried to pretend like I was picking it up. And then like, did you like cover it with grass? What'd you do? No, I didn't do anything. I just pretended like I picked it up and then uh-huh. like, like I was putting it back in my pocket. And then I walked off and people were looking at me, dude, like I was a dog napper. Oh, they were looking man. at me like, why is this dude walking the dog with a freaking extension cord? Anyway, uh, so long story short, I get back to the house. The dog's cool. You know, took it on a walk. It's, you know, t- did its business or whatever. And then I sent a photo to the homeowner letting him know, like, hey, I walked your dog and he had to take a dump. And I actually, he, you know, he was, I was cool with him or whatever. So I took a, I took a picture when the dog was taking a shit and sent it to him. And like, he was laughing. And then, so like two weeks later, I asked him, I was like, hey man, how's your dog? He's like, oh man, no, I, I gave him away, like blah, blah, blah. Cause he felt so bad because I took the damn dog on a walk oh, with an extension man. cord. He felt guilty that he wasn't there for the dog. So the dog actually got adopted by somebody else. What the fuck? Of you dude, you saved that dog's life, dude. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty funny though, man. People were looking at me like, what the hell is this dude doing, man? You saved that yeah. dog's life, man. Now it can live a good life, man. Yeah. Yeah, but did you get a maintenance code on that house or? I thought she was going to say a maintenance code on that dog. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? It was a pre finished floor, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. Shitty pre finished floor at, at that. There's another, I could even tell you another story about that pre finished floor, but we won't go into that right now. That's street. awesome, man. Another podcast. The human aspect makes all the difference in the world. Walk the dogs, say hi to the kids, you know, joke around. I think there's a there's a huge 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 balance. That's what it, all of this stuff is about. Everything we're talking about, there's balance, and uh, people are just people. That's like one of my personal taglines, right? Like people are just people, and so in business we want to be all professional and this and that, and whatever. Man, that's a niche too. Just to to be so professional, like majority of people just want you to be real with them, be a human, you know. 
It makes all the difference in the world. They're gonna you you took their dog for a walk. You played catch with their kids in the front yard while you're waiting for your right. check. Like you're right. the one that they're gonna talk to their friends about. Yeah, yeah. You'll get that five star Angie's List review. No, mm-hmm. dude, those are the best. When you're just chilling at home, and then you get that bing that not, not email notification that you've gotten five stars on Google. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Anyways. Well, do you guys have any closing thoughts? It's been a pretty good conversation so far. Yeah, man. It's nice talking with you guys, man. It's the last couple of conversations we have like 20 of us on the phone. So it's hard to like catch up. No, I, I say for everyone in this chat and everyone listening, man, just, you know, use any downtime you have just to kind of revamp your creativity. Creativity will help you um, take pride in what you're doing and kind of set you apart it's a good path to go down, you know? So explore your creative outlets, get creative. Remember at the end of the day, we're all woodworkers and that's something really special. You know, that's my two cents. Mm-hmm. Micah. It's just uh good old elbows and assholes. Just keep your head down and work <laughs> as much as you can. You know, that's all we can do. But uh, yeah, take the time to uh, take this time to step up your game. I'm stoked. The more that I meet guys around the country, I'm more and more stoked on the trade and, how proud everybody is. I know I keep saying that, but like, it's just a really, really cool trade to be in. So take the time to like step up your game. Cause if you're doing floors, like realistically, like you're already there. So just kind of take the time for yourself, you know, and, uh, step that up, you know, a real, like, that's the thing is, uh, you're already doing something great. So make it even better by, uh, stepping up your game on whatever that means, advertisement or, you know, your relationship with customers or whatever it may be. Yeah, polishing up anything that's been unpolished, right? Yep. Yeah, hell yeah. Y'all resilient. You'll get through. Work hard. What about you, Amanda? And I would say, too, if there's anything that's going to make people realize, I mean, we speak to companies who have two guys, and then we speak to companies that have, you know, five crews, you know, with 20 guys, whatever it may be. Um, If there's anything that shows you that... uh, playing field is leveled it's something like this you know we're all affected the same way and if you flip that script and you realize that just as much as the guys the company with two guys and the company with five six seven crews flip the script man the playing field can be leveled like this you can do whatever you want to do it all just comes down to the basic tactics that we're talking about in this you really the world's your oyster and you can build whatever whatever you want out of yourself and your company once you decide what that is. Yeah, that's very good insight, Amanda. Thank you. Me personally, I'll just tell you guys, you know, just keep your head up. Try to stay positive. Yeah. Think about tomorrow. Think about what you can do better in your house. I mean, like do whatever makes you happy right now inside your house, you know, like Tito's every day, probably polishing all of the shoes, you know? <laughs> Use the polish or whatever it is, you know, whatever shoes you got to polish, figuratively speaking. Polish. You know, polish up those shoes and sharpen your tools. Sharpen your tools. Yeah. And as a uh, as a company, because obviously you guys know who we work for, but we try to remain brand neutral on this podcast. But we do want to let you guys know that we are here to support you guys if you guys need anything from us uh, on a personal level. If you guys need to reach out to us for support, just need somebody to chit chat with. I'm here. Tito's here. Mike is here. Amanda's here. We're all here from you guys. And so, you know, just keep it up. 100%. We mean that so, so deeply. We mean that. That's one of one of my only worries with the things we've been putting out is I don't want anybody to think that that is not, man, that's the most sincere thing coming from every single person who says it. We really, really, truly do care and really, really do want you to call us whatever you need. And uh, personally for me, I love that breakup man. Like get me out of my head and the stuff that I'm creating. Call me. Let's brainstorm. What can we do for you? Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah. So anyway, guys, I appreciate you guys getting on the horn with me today and doing this podcast. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you for all the knowledge and the insight. I appreciate Charles time. Thanks for the invite, Javier. Appreciate it. Yeah, brother. We'll see you on the next one, Matt. Yep. Good to see you guys. Tito signing out. Love you guys. Love you too, Marca. (laughs) Take care.